When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello. Before we get started here, I would just like to remind you that the London School of English, where I used to work, is running a promotion for my listeners. And for a limited time, you can get 10% off all their online courses. And those are proper, extensive, professionally developed courses for general English, business English, IELTS and TOEIC exam preparation, legal English and English for other specific purposes. So if you or perhaps someone else you know is looking for a decent online course that will arm you with practical skills and language that you need to be competitive in English, check out the London School of English online at londonschoolonline.com and use the offer code LUKE10 at checkout to get your 10% discount. Okay, right then. Also, you can just click a London School of English logo on my website. That will take you to the same place. But just make sure that you use the offer code to get the discount. Luke 10. L-U-K-E and then the number one and the number zero. Right? Luke 10. Okay, it couldn't be, it couldn't be more simple. All right. Now, let's get started with this new episode. And here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Okay, so hello, welcome back. And here is part two of this conversation which I recorded with Andy Johnson and Ben Butler in a hotel lounge recently in Paris. If you haven't listened to part one yet, you might want to check that one out first. Um, at the end of part one, we paused the podcast in order to buy another overpriced and undersized beer from the hotel bar. And in this part, we've bought our tiny expensive beers and uh, we've continued the podcast by discussing Andy's presentation on the subject of millennials. OK, so that's the next thing we're going to talk about. Millennials, that generation who come into adulthood in the 21st century, this generation that so many people have written about and done management training seminars about this generation of young people who've been labelled by some as lazy, entitled, self-centred, distracted by technology and hard to manage. This group of people that probably makes up the majority of my audience, in fact. Uh, this generation of people that probably includes you. Uh, and so what do you think about uh, millennials and the way in which millennials have been described? Is it a fair assessment? Are millennials lazy, entitled, self-centred, distracted by technology and hard to manage? Or is this just sort of small-minded prejudice against a younger generation that's facing just as many challenges as previous generations, but in ways that are harder to notice. What do you think about the whole subject of millennials? And also, how should we be teaching this generation in our English language classes? Uh, if you are a millennial, um, what do you think about learning English in the classroom environment? Um, and the sort of traditional approaches to classroom management from the point of view of um, a, a language learner, 
who probably comes from the millennial generation. Um, so how should we be teaching millennials in our English language classes? That was the subject of Andy Johnson's talk at the uh, teaching conference that we all attended recently. And so there is some discussion on that in this part of the podcast episode, uh, because, um, yeah, that's how we like to spend our Friday evenings, obviously, uh, sitting around talking about millennials and stuff. Uh, But as you will hear, the, the conversation does turn into a kind of anecdote sharing session afterwards about some cultural misunderstandings that we've experienced as English teachers. So we talk about Andy's presentation on millennials first, and then we end up kind of just talking about our lives as English teachers and what it's like to be an English teacher. Um, And as I said, the cultural misunderstandings that we've all experienced as English teachers kind of coming into direct contact with people from so many different cultures with different levels of English, you know, and there are lots of amusing cultural misunderstandings that happen in, in our in our jobs. Um, so we talk about those and tell some stories about that. And there are plenty of other tangents, including uh, some detailed descriptions of what we all look like and how we're dressed at one um yeah, that's right. We do. We For some reason, we start talking about our appearances. So watch out for language to describe things like physical appearance, clothing and stuff like that. And also, you'll hear one particularly funny story from Andy near the end of the episode. Uh, it's a story that I really love. Um, and I always find it funny. And you know what? I don't need to tell you everything you're going to hear in this episode, do I? No, I don't. I don't need to go into all the details. All you need to know is that it's going to be brilliant, all right? And even more amazing and awesome than the last one. So strap in and let's fly back to the hotel lounge in Paris on a Friday evening in the not-too-distant past with some mini bottles of beer with giant prices. And here we go. The podcast has been unpaused. Uh, we've uh, got two new bottles of beer. No, three. Three what? bottles, yeah. Yeah, this is our second bottle mm-hmm. um, here in the foyer. Right, so we talked about Ben's uh, presentation. What about you, Andy? What's yours about? Uh, my talk was all about millennials. Um, what's, what's, and that? what's that? What's <laughs> well, millennials are uh, a group of people that were born... Well, it, it, there's a conflicting research about this, but essentially... Anybody born in the 80s or the 90s, I would say, is a millennial. And um, we're, what we're seeing, certainly where Ben and I work, is that the majority of the people we're teaching now, the average age is around about the same age as those people born in the 80s and the 90s. And they're a kind of a very interesting generation because they're the first generation to have grown up with the internet, mm-hmm. the first generation to grow up um, in such a volatile and unusual kind of environment when you think about political stability and particularly financial stability and, you know, recessions and so on and Brexit in the UK and Donald Trump last week. So all these things going on in the world that um, are are very kind of... um, Shit. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I was I was looking I was searching for the word Ben but you're right. Yeah, very shit. But no they they they're kind of affecting a generation like no other and um as a result in terms of what we're trying to do as teachers we need to make sure that what we are teaching and more importantly how we're teaching people will reflect the kind of needs that they have right so it, it's an interesting point because i mean it, it's something that i've been doing a lot of work on for quite a long time and um, luke and i 
did a talk here in Paris four years ago about some courses that we'd written for this this particular group of people. An award-winning talk, I should add. <laughs> they told me today about this. They they won an award. We won they an did. award for best contribution to uh, talking British culture. No, it was it was the best contribution to talking. It That's was the right. European Championship of talking. Best talking. 2012. Yep. yep. It was Nobody the, talked better in 2012 except for me and Luke. That's right. Uh, it was the best presentation by a, a, a first f- spe- first time speaker. First time speakers, yeah. And it was the first time you and I ever did a talk, really. That's right. For, certainly the last time you and I have done a talk together. Yeah. I think we've both done things since. And I think that's... The first and last. It was, a, it was an award-winning it was award, first and well, last talk. I think they realised that they had to retire the award. They were never going to get anything mm-hmm. quite as good as that yeah. again. So we did a talk at this thing that was called... It was a similar conference to the one you're doing now. It was a symposium. It was the, it was the BCIG uh, TESOL France Symposium or something. I don't know what the name something of it was. Like that, yeah. It was basically a business English teaching conference and a number of people did talks. It was in the same place that you're doing yours in now. Mm. And we did a talk about uh, creating uh, materials for business English uh, courses. And the, the video is on YouTube. It is, yeah. Um, it is. And, uh, we Get searching for that quick. Search for that. It's not the most exciting. <laughs> it's not exactly a cat video. It's not as yeah. entertaining as a... I'd a, say there's better videos out there on the internet. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so. So it's not exactly up there in the top 100 most viewed videos on YouTube. It's it's just outside. It's 101. Yeah, that's right. Like if we'd that, had a cat know. in the video, it would have been a different story. Yeah. Well, I did say at the time we should put a cat in. And there. I was like, no, no, we can't put a. We don't don't bring the tone down with a cat. And Andy was like, that's a bad idea. We're not going to get on YouTube with that. Anyway, we did a talk about designing materials for business English for young. Younger learners and, mm. and probably this age group that you're talking about, the millennials. Yeah. Most, I think that the majority of my listeners fit into that category. Absolutely, yeah. So, but aren't you millennials? Well, we, we saw Andy's talk earlier on and, and Andy defined what millennials are. And we, it turns out that you and I are sort of on the cusp. Yeah, mm. so we're called cuspers. Mm. We're cuspers, Cuspers, yeah. because we're on the edge, on the so, cusp. Yeah, essentially, if you were... Anybody born between 1975 and 1980 is called a cusper, so they kind of don't really fit with Generation X, which is the previous generation, and they don't really fit with the millennials, but they kind of have elements of both. So, okay. yeah, I imagine most of your listeners were probably born after 1980. I probably think so, yeah. The, yeah. the age group tends to be sort of between 18 and 35. Yeah, that's, that's, absolutely the, the, that's absolutely the right age for what I was talking about, yeah. That's the largest age group, and, and so they're, they're the millennials, okay, mm. so it's that age group. So in terms of generations, we had what, like the sort of the baby boomers, which were born in the 60s, post-war? Yeah, baby boomers would be our parents, or maybe your grandparents, um, post-war up till about the mid-60s, I think, and then you had Generation X. Generation X is like punk and that sort of new wave movement. If, talking about music, yeah, and, and, and in terms of their how they viewed the world, they're deeply mistrustful of corporations and governments, mm-hmm. and you know, very they had a real thread of protest in them. Mm. And then, and then you had uh, the millennials, or often they referred to as Generation Y as well, because it followed on from Generation X. I, th- I thought that was because they were just asking why all the time, you know. Like, why? 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 Why have I got to do this? Why? Why, why is everything shit? Why? You why? Know, why? Why? why I don't think they do though. It's actually the letter Y, is it? It's yeah, just it's the letter Y. Because yeah. it's after it's X and then Y. X Y. And so, I suppose so what's next then? Z. Well, there and is talk y. about Generation Z now. Is there? Yeah. yeah. Oh god. But they're all five years old. Well, yeah, they're all tiny. It's like Generation yeah. Z. What are they interested in? Pooing and s- s- sleeping. <laughs> sleeping and pooing. Yeah. And cartoons. Yeah. That's all they care about. <laughs> 
Those guys. <laughs> those guys. They, they, they've got a rude awakening coming when they yeah. get old, yeah. So, so, go on. So, the millennials then, what, what is it that marks them out as being different to other generations? Well, I think, I think the millennials are interesting in that they, um, they're digital natives. They're the, the first generation to grow up with the internet and that kind of the fact that you can get all sorts of things very quickly, very easily. And they've grown up with technology like no other generation. So I think the point I made in my talk was that it took um, 38 years for, for the 50 millionth radio to be sold, but it took um, just 80 days for the 50 millionth iPad to be sold. So wow. it's a generation that's growing up not just with new technology, but it's, it's constantly evolving, it's constantly changing. And so, you know, you with your, with your smartphone and with everything else, you've got so many apps and different kinds of um, technology there that you are completely familiar with and comfortable with and able to use yeah. and for older generations and certainly a lot of the people that were at my talk today who are baby boomers you know people in their 50s and 60s it's a completely alien concept like how can you guys possibly understand how to use all these things you know it really it really puzzles them it really troubles them they find it very very difficult so listeners out there most of you who are millennials the, the, the older generation don't understand you they don't no get one, you they don't understand what you're doing they think you're weird they don't they, they, I think there's there's a lot of um, the, one of the things I wanted to, to, to address in the talk was the fact that millennials tend to be criticised. They tend to be called lazy. They tend to say they've got a short attention span. They're not loyal employees. But the whole point of my talk was, well, let's look at why that might be. So, for example, a lot of millennials uh, are accused of being job hoppers and not being uh, a loyal employee. So job. a job hopper, you're constantly changing jobs every six months, a year or, or whatever. But then when you look at what's going on in the world... And the fact that um, there aren't any jobs out there. There's no jobs, no contracts, yeah, no hours. Exactly. So you can hardly blame this generation for, for being job hoppers, if you like. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So basically, the, 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 the millennials are given a bad press Absolutely. by the older generation. But in fact, it's just that they are, they're, they're, it is a difficult time to, to be growing up. Mm. Yeah, because of the, the, the current climate. So in terms of being a teacher then, mm. or how does that affect the way in which you're teaching these younger people? Well, for example, if you if you take the analogy of, of, of the jobs, then, you know, what we need to be doing, I think, is preparing people much more for that agile or fluid kind of career. So interview skills, brand building, like writing your CV, all those kinds of things. I think we need to be doing much more of that with our learners, mm. particularly if you if you're listening to this and you want to get a job in English or, 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 or you know, in England or any English speaking country but you, you don't know how to interview in English, then that's, a, that's an essential skill. And if yeah. your teachers aren't teaching you that, then I think they're failing you. Yeah. So you're saying that these millennials, one of the things that, that, that defines them is the fact that they do move between jobs a lot. Absolutely. Also, I suppose probably English, having some sort of um, uh, familiarity and fluency in English is probably one of the things that marks them out. We heard one of the people in the audience today talking about how she was teaching 15 years ago mm. and then she left teaching and she came back and she noticed that the general standard was much higher much higher she yeah said, her yeah. point was that the the general fluency was higher if not the accuracy right that's and, interesting. She, and she made the point that a lot of them a lot of um the, this 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 generation this younger generation if you like this millennial generation are very they spend so much time online particularly she made the point about online gaming and how they're exposed to english in ways that previous generations never would even dream of yeah so like Luke's English podcast. Like Luke's English podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, she said, you know, they're much more 
able to produce language, even if it isn't accurate. Right, 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 absolutely. Ah, interesting. Interesting changes in the world today. Yeah. English for specific purposes, uh, English for millennials. It's all getting very sort of specific and uh, tailored to different learning needs and situations and things. It's good. I like that. I like the way that the, our industry is sort of uh, adapting to the needs of uh, the, the, all of the people out there who, uh, who need English. Yeah, well, I think the main reason for that is there's more people who are engaging with English and therefore there's more niches and specific areas and mm -hmm. generational, generational considerations that we as teachers need to think about. Do you think it's a better idea for my students to uh, learn a very specific um, aspect of English or to try and learn all of it? Well, it, that's, it's a good question. And I think that there's increasingly two kinds of English learners in the world nowadays. You've got those who, it's an increasingly small group who try to be proficient. And they're the kind of student that will do the first certificate, the advanced certificate, the proficiency, and they try to absolutely master the language. Very few learners are doing that nowadays. What we're seeing is increasingly learners are, um, they're, they're kind of becoming generally intermediate in level, yeah. but they've got these big spikes in their ability where they're very, very good in certain contexts, i.e. Right. their work, what they need to do for a living. Mm. Um, and a lot of what I do at the moment with online learning is trying to address that need. So what what we're trying to do is to say that, okay, your overall level of English might be intermediate, but you can be advanced in giving a presentation or doing a right. negotiation or doing a meeting, anything like that, you know. And I think that's increasingly the way it's going. I imagine that spike that you mentioned, that, that they're all at a sort of an intermediate level, but they have these big spikes in specialist areas mm. that's probably vocabulary isn't it yeah more than more than anything it comes back to what ben's talking about with esp the, spe right. the specific vocabulary like andy mentioned like one of the analogies i use is those branches the trunk of the tree and the leaves and that specific vocabulary is those leaves that are hanging on right the leaves don't just sit there they're hanging on the tree you know so right right right, right. so it might be quite a little tree <laughs> but it's a bush a bonsai tree <laughs> no, but it's got a lot of leaves on it <laughs> right I see like a very healthy bonsai more tree more like a bush than a tree yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Um, uh, so what was I going to say I was going to say something really profound and really really fascinating but I just suddenly can't remember what it you is just got sidetracked by, by the bush yeah bonsai yeah exactly <laughs> so many times it's happened before Ben um, <laughs> sidetracked um, and uh, okay great Great. Well, good. Good, good, good. Fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. You, how long have you been teaching then, you two? Ben? I did my first qualification in the year 2000. Mm. Um, so pretty much since then. Actually. About 16 years. Yeah. yeah, about the same as me. Yeah. Andy Johnson? I was, I, I was 2003 when I trained to be a teacher. Okay. Right. So I'm a little bit behind you guys. Okay. Uh, novice over here. Oh, no, bloody. <laughs> 13 years. 13 years. Is a f I can't believe you're talking at this present at this conference. Only 13 yeah. years experience. I'm feeling out my depth. Honestly. Okay. And um, what's it like then being a teacher? I mean, obviously, the people who listen to this podcast, they're all learners of English. Most of them. I've, I've got some teachers who listen to this, but most of them are learners of English. So they know all about being learning learners of English. Uh, what's it like being a teacher of English then? Is it good? A good job? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I, I was waiting for you to answer, Ben. Cause so was I. Yeah. You've, got, you've got quite a good... I think you said to me once that being a teacher, particularly in London, is, is almost the second best thing to travelling. 
because you get to meet all the really interesting people from around the world, but yeah. you don't need to get on a plane to do it. Exactly. And, you know, I used to travel quite a lot, but I don't so much these days because I've got <laughs> other commitments in You're my life. Two children. Two children. Mm. Um, right. But I still get to meet some fascinating people from all around the world, from all walks of life, all professions, and I learn a lot from from them. Yeah, that's one of the, 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 I guess the first thing about being an English teacher is that it gives you the opportunity to travel, first of all. In the mm. first sort of 10 years of your your teaching life, you travel and teach in other places. But then if you're lucky enough to like work in London as an English teacher, as you say, as you said, um, it means that all these people come to London every year to learn English. And, mm. and if you're living and working in London as a teacher, you get to meet all these people and uh, they bring with them all of their experiences yeah, and stuff it, like that. Their culture, their knowledge. And it's it's just fascinating. fascinating. It really yeah. is. And, and um, part of what Ben, in Ben's presentation tomorrow, he talks about some of the really interesting people that we've had. Mm-hmm. in the school in the last few years so there was like um who have you had at the school i mean at london school of english it's quite a kind of prestigious school I and mean, it's quite well known mm. um who have you had as t- as students any interesting people we've had um we had a brazilian footballer that's right yeah his name was Jai de oliveira oliveira he yeah. was the captain of the, of the brazilian national team Mm-hmm. In 1994, he got injured, I think, or substituted during the World Cup 94. But that year, Brazil won the World Cup. So he was a World Cup winning Brazilian World Cup winner. Brazilian footballer. So, yeah, I taught him as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we, we had, had him. Um, we had a member of the Thai royal family. Really? A Thai princess? And, yeah, she, she was uh, one of the princesses and her son was one of the heirs to the throne. Wow. So... Um, she never stuff. actually came to the school on her own. She came with about an entourage of 30 or 40 people. Seriously? Yeah. And they used to throw petals on the floor in front of It was of like them. that movie, you know, um, the Eddie Murphy film, Coming to America? Yes. Yeah. It, was, it was a bit like that at times, if, like, if anyone's seen that movie. If she went to the, she went to the, ladies, into, to the ladies' toilets, uh, her maids used to go in first and throw petals all over the shop. Seriously? So yeah, she, yeah. She, wherever she walked, she walked on fresh petals. <laughs> Pretty much. But she was here for quite a long time. And I noticed that the petals gradually began to decrease and then disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I think they ran out of... I think they couldn't find a petal shop in <laughs> London. Eventually they were like, uh, um, Princess, I'm afraid the petals are far too expensive in yes. London. Yeah. But never mind. Sorry, but it's fine. I'm, I'm over the petals. It's okay. Yeah, we also had... Um, we had a sex therapist yep. in, in recently. Wait, a sex therapist? Yeah, she wanted some individual tuition. I bet she did. Yeah. Um, I didn't get that assignment, unfortunately. But um, Yeah. Yeah, somebody did. What's a sex therapist then? (laughs) To be honest, I don't know, but I guess they they give you therapy um, in relation to your sexual desires, could we say? They don't tell you how to do it. (laughs) Okay, then. And so that's that's certainly English for specific purposes. Very specific, yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah. Way above my head, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) not everyone else's heads. Um. We also had a um, a guy who cultivated potatoes. He was the chief supplier of KFC. Really, Um, supplied them with their potatoes for for their chips. Wow. Um, We had a guy that um, was responsible for landing. The, you know, the Philae satellite, they, they landed that satellite on a, on a 
on an asteroid. Yeah, it was it was a European space project. That's right. Yeah, they, he, they, they landed this robot. They landed it on a flipping asteroid. It was insane, an unbelievable yeah. project. And so he, you had the guy. He was the guy that was part of the team that got the the thing to land on it. Seriously. So yeah, he got the he got the thing to land on the on the meteor, the asteroid, and then mm. they said, well, you know, that's your job done. You've got three months off now. Go and do what you want. So he came and studied English. Brilliant. And he, I bet he talked about that asteroid a lot, didn't he? You know, oddly enough, he didn't because really? it was so, you know, it was so um, out there as as an idea. The fact that you could actually even do that, yeah. you know, I think it was quite difficult for him to explain even in his own language, let alone English. I imagine on day one, he was like, you know, with all the other students, all these these kind of like twenty something millennials, and he's there, and they're like, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a student. What do you study? Oh, I study, uh, you know, I study what economics. Okay, what about you? Well, I'm I landed the Philae Lambda on an asteroid, and they're like, what? It's never mind. It's too complicated to yeah. explain. Yeah. I, I remember that very clearly because I remember waking up and putting the news on, and they they had this success. They'd managed to do it, and you saw everybody in the European Space Agency celebrating. And it was like quarter to nine in the morning, and I'm like, that they've done that today. That already today they've had that massive achievement. What am I going to do today? It's only nine fifteen, <laughs> and they've landed a, a robot on an asteroid. And I've hardly even had a cup of coffee. Yet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's incredible, isn't it? Mm. Um, so it's great meeting all these different people from different countries and having amazing experiences and like you know stuff like that. Is it always great? Because like our learners of English, they might not realise what it's really like for us. Is it always great? I mean, what, what's the flip side? Do, do you ever... Because exp- a lot of the students who come to London, and I experience this many times, they're experiencing culture shock, mm, aren't yeah. they? Mm. They might not realise it, but essentially it is. They, they, they come up against sort of English culture and they, they find it difficult. They don't understand it. They don't yeah. understand it. And we're the ones who have to try and explain it to them. Yeah. Mm. So do you, have you ever had those experiences where they don't understand something or, or weird experiences with students, like culture shock experiences? I, I remember once I was doing a lesson all about swearing because um, mm. and this this came out of a situation where I had a student that and I'm, I'm going to use a swear word in a moment so if, if you're offended by that language then just you know check then, yourself then ladies and gents before you wreck yourself get ready the swear word uh, is I'm going to hit you with an f-bomb Boop. so uh, so I remember Boop. I was about to start a class and it was raining outside and this this Mexican guy came in Mexican student Mm-hmm. And he was soaking, you top to toe, absolutely soaking totally, wet. Totally wet in the rain. And he came in and we all looked at him and he looked at me and he went, fucking rain. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? And he went, fucking rain. And I realised that he'd probably heard an English person say that. Maybe Luke's English pod. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, on the street. Because, you know, in English we often say, oh, fucking rain like that. As in, yeah. this is this... Uh, complaining like that rain. No, it never rains in England does it never rains in never, England never no. ever and so I thought well I'm going to take a, I'm going to do a lesson where we, we talk about what language what bad words mean and, and which are acceptable to use and I, and I remember the, the lesson started why I got them all all the students around the whiteboard and I gave them all pens and I got them to write down every single English swear word that they could think of brilliant and at the beginning they were like oh really can we, can we really do this and I was like yeah go for it so they all wrote all these swear words down and then I basically crossed off the ones that they should never say. I kind of mm-hmm. crossed off the ones which were kind of old-fashioned that nobody ever really says anymore. I talked about severity. I talked about appropriacy, all those kinds of things. Brilliant. And, it, and I think it, it was genuinely a pretty good lesson, and they seemed to get a lot out of it. But there was one student, I think she was Korean, I can't remember, 
And she just was really offended as to why I was teaching her how to swear. And I said, yeah. well, I'm not teaching you how to swear. I'm teaching you how... I'm teaching you which words you absolutely should avoid. Yeah. And when you hear these words, because you will hear these words, there's no way you're going to avoid hearing these words, you will know more or less what they mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, if, so that, for her, that was quite culturally difficult because she'd been raised in, a, in, a, in a, an education system where they would never, ever go anywhere near that in a formal English lesson. Right. But I think it's perfectly valuable stuff to learn yeah, because, you know, English people and native speakers, they swear all the time. And it, yeah. there are strict rules about swearing as you say uh, in certain situations when it's kind of appropriate certain situations when it's definitely not certain words that you can use you know in certain contexts and things like that yeah it's mm. a perfectly valid thing to uh, teach but yes that's right they do come out sometimes our students come with certain preconceptions about what teaching should be mm. and yeah. uh, sometimes it's a bit of a shock for them when we do it in a different way um yeah absolutely ben yeah. And you um one thing I notice a lot is that some students will arrive in London and they expect just to be spoon-fed with mm. with everything, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And actually the way that we teach is we try and encourage them to be independent, to think for themselves, to generate ideas for themselves, to communicate for themselves. Also within the classroom, you know, they just expect sort of language to be sort of somehow implanted into their head without yeah. actually yeah, cognitively without, thinking about it and developing it. Yeah. it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that thing where they come to the course <coughs> and they're like, I've paid my money, I'm in the room, now you. Now it's your turn. Now you put the language in my head and mm. I'm not going to do anything to, to contribute to that. Yeah. 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 That's not how it works. Yeah, yes, yeah, I think. I think what I used to, I mean, I haven't taught for a wee while now, but when I was a teacher, I, I found increasingly that the amount of students I would teach, you know, we would have different students every week, often every day. And you kind of, it sounds really terrible to say, but they tend to begin to merge and blur into one to a certain extent. Yeah. Not, not the people themselves. The people are always unique, but the, the mistakes that they make. And yeah. you, you see the same errors every time. So for a teacher, it's very difficult to kind of keep a fresh view on every single learner. And I think that was a challenge. And the other challenge, I think, is that particularly with lower level learners that you I always felt that they weren't you weren't really getting their true personalities. You weren't getting their full personalities. So you might have a student that could almost say or could say very little in English, but then they go into their first language and chatting with friends and they all his friends would be screaming with laughter and you're like hang on this guy's really funny but he cannot show it in english because he simply doesn't have the vocabulary so it's almost like they just simply cannot express their personalities and i always found that really difficult because you really want to help people with that because that's what language is about yeah that's what but communication when, is when about. you do andy when you do see them through from that very low level mm. sort of elementary stage where they, they've got those issues and then they develop into a sort of upper upper intermediate, maybe higher communicator, and you see that personality developing. Yeah. That's actually yeah. very rewarding. I think. That beautiful. is rewarding. It's, yeah. beautiful. it's beautiful, isn't it? When yeah. you, you start with someone who can hardly even say hello, yeah. in some cases, and you take you see them you develop, see them through. Yeah, and, yeah. and you, you know they they go into classes with all the teachers that you know. And they sort of like get the, the personality sort of like in chunks and it, it develops over time. And sort of nine months later, you meet them again and they're like, mm. hello, Ben, it's an absolute pleasure to see you. And like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> What's happened? Where, what, who is this person? <laughs> and yeah, they bec- it's, it's a beautiful experience. Unless, of course, you meet some individual who, uh, you know, 
after nine months and after their personality's been revealed, you, they're, they're revealed to be a horrible yeah, person. Yeah, you're like, oh my God, yeah. this guy's an asshole. Oh, oh God, I wish that you couldn't speak English anymore because your personality's horrible. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. But uh, Yeah, yeah I, mean, you're, I, I remember very clear, I used to really encourage students to be honest and we used to do a lot of... I'd be quite direct with my feedback. You know, if something was wrong, I'd tell them it was wrong because I think it's the only way they learn. And I always used to say to students, if there's anything you want to tell me, anything that you're not really sure about, just just come and talk to me about oh, it. I love this story. I oh, you know it, what I'm going to tell you? Yeah. I think it's so the story. I remember once I'd finished a class. It was a Friday afternoon. And was, we'd, we'd, we'd had a really good class, actually, and I'd finished. And there was a, this a girl from Taiwan, and she just kind of hung around at the end of the class. Mm. and uh, everyone else had gone, and I was just sort of collecting my stuff together. And I said, uh, are you okay? And she went, yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, okay. And um, she came up to me and she went, your eyes are very far back in your head. <laughs> and <laughs> I said, okay, um, all right. And she went, very far back. I was like, right. And I was like, okay, is that a good thing or a bad so, thing? So what does she mean? That your, she your eyes are like, you've got big like craters for eyes. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean... Uh, she was making a statement about your appearance. Yeah, yeah. So she'd been looking at you for like, what, two weeks or whatever. Do you think she had a crush on you? I don't think so. I no. think she, she thought was I was disturbed. Some... She was disturbed. She was disturbed. She was I was like, disturbing. where are his eyes? To be honest, I had a similar thing. I know you haven't finished the story. What, but about my eyes? No, no, not about your eyes. But I ha I've had similar comments where it's like, I've heard students saying, why do English people have dark rings under their eyes? Because <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're tired of these <laughs> questions. Because <laughs> we're tired of these, exactly. Because we're tired of these questions. Because, yeah, I've, I've had that many times where, um, you know, you become the, uh, the one who has to answer for These. all of the strange things about your culture. So yeah. anything that seems yeah. strange to them, you're the one who has to answer for it, which I kind of understand because who else are they going to ask and you know, yeah. you're the one that they need but to ask. But you don't always know the answer. But do sometimes you? you don't know the answer and it's, you know, I've had weird things But like, don't you think that we also tend to do that to them a little bit as of well? Of course, of yeah. course we do, yeah, absolutely. You know, if you get a student from wherever, I don't know, some country and uh, and, and yeah, we often don't understand them and, and so there's, there's, there's always this... Uh, thing where neither of us understand each other like you don't understand the students to an extent yeah. they don't understand you there's lots of misunderstandings yeah. there's 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 huge potential for hilarious comedy and misunderstanding it's just brilliant so yes i've had that before where students have like english people they have they have why do they have such dark why do they have such pale skin Mm. It's like, well, it's because mm. we don't get much sun, you know. Just, <laughs> why does it rain all the time? Just, That's a common one. Yeah, why does it rain all the time? Like, I don't know. It's like, Ben, why you have to tell me why it rains? And why? It's your fault, Ben. Like, oh, I don't know. It's just fucking, it's rain, isn't it? It's, you know, it's, it's just weather. It's, it's yeah. weather. Why do you always eat fish and chips? Why is it, everyone's eating fish and chips <laughs> all the time? No why? One. Have it like once a year. Yeah. Why are there two taps in the bathroom? Why? Yes, two oh, taps that's in the bathroom. Two yeah. taps in the bathroom. Well, that's a fair point. Don't yeah. I don't know why we have two taps in the bathroom. Don't get me started on that, I could yeah. go for a few of those, yeah. Two taps in the bathroom. Driving, uh, on, driving on the left. Driving on the left. Why have um, we got different types of plugs for the electricity sockets? Yeah, no, no elect sockets in the bathroom. Why do you have carpets in the bathroom? Why toy, toy, yeah, uh, carpet in the toilet. That's right. Why are your trains... Why stir? don't you take your shoes off and you go in the house? Yeah. That's right. Why do your doors open inwards? Why is your music so good? <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they never ask that. No, no. Uh, but why, so why did you invent everything? No, no, yeah. sorry. No, it's lots another. of questions and things anyway. Um, and uh, one of them sometimes, I've had several times, like, why do 
idea. Why are English people so pale-skinned? And why do you have dark rings around your eyes? And it's like, well, I'm just tired. <laughs> but but this is what the girl was saying to you. It's like, your eyes are so... Yeah. Your eyes are, d- are deep inside your head. Well, I, I, I still don't really know what she was getting at. I don't think my eyes are that strange. Um, so she was like, your eyes are deep inside your head. Yeah, and, and you're and like, I, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I said, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And she went, yes. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know how to continue this conversation. I'm none the wiser. I'm none the wiser. I love that. And then she started. She kind of moved away backwards and just left the room, walking backwards. She sort of like backed away from you. Yeah. As if to say, I don't know what you so are. Like looking at you like you know some sort of crater-eyed strange man. Oh, like, are you a crater-eyed freak? <laughs> get back! Get back! Get back from me, crater-eyed English speaker. Thank you for the lessons, but get back. I don't understand your face. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, humans are different and we're weird sometimes, you know, you, yeah. when you meet each other face to face. Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure if I went to some other country like France and, uh, uh, and learned. France. Yeah, if I, I mean, I'm sure that it would be the same if I'd gone to Taiwan to learn, Thai, you know, Chinese, whichever version of it it is. Yeah. Then I'm sure that I'd have similar experiences of like, you know, why why aren't your eyes deep in your head? Yeah, well, there's all sorts of strange <laughs> things about what's appropriate to say to somebody. And, and I think, you know, you can get yourself really upset about it or you can just think, oh, well, you know, it's one of those things. And I think yeah. in certain cultures, it's perfectly acceptable to to make comments like that about somebody's uh, appearance. And, you know, there's no point getting yeah. offended about it. I, I've noticed that certain students from certain countries uh, are, are not sort of afraid of telling you exactly what yeah. they think of your appearance yeah. whereas in the yeah. UK we are you know we consider that to be very rude to make a, 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 mm. a direct yeah. statement we're more reserved aren't we, we yeah. you know we might think it but we, we would bite our bite our tongue yeah we wouldn't make a direct statement about someone's weight for example no. but I remember once I had a student from Korea lovely guy but I remember on his, in, I was his teacher at the beginning of his time and he had like, you know, six months in London to, t- to learn English. And he arrived on his first day and I was his teacher and he was really shy mm. and really nervous. And he was like having a really bad time and he was very upset and he arrived in my class and lovely bloke. And he happened to be in a lovely class, but um, there were a class of very talkative students Mm. and he was really shy. And he'd obviously never been in that situation where he had to speak English, you know, fluently with other people. And his English was fine, but he, um, he couldn't, speak he was frozen you yeah know? and i could see it you know when you see those students who are like oh, oh, you know they really can't st- move and really they, struggling yeah i had an eye on him and then after maybe the third day he was sitting there looking really despondent and i, I sat next to him and i was like are you all right and he's like ah, i can't i can't speak english like that I got, and he started crying oh, it was really sad i was like oh mate it's all right it's okay. Don't worry. You're fine. You're absolutely fine. And I spent a good sort of a good fifteen minutes of my time. That's a sitting long time. Next, it's a long time. It's not <laughs> you, were, you weren't paid for that time, no, were no, you? Luke? Fifteen minutes that of my free of, time out of your heart that time. Yeah. No, but I sat down with him and I, you know, I tried to build up his confidence and I said things like, you know, don't worry, okay, like this, you're you're in the London School of English. It's okay now. What could possibly what go could wrong? Go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? Don't worry. Just that crater eye freak isn't teaching you. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry you about. Could Andy. have had that teacher. I know the crater you, eyes. I know you saw. I know you saw Andy Johnson when we walked in. I know you. He looks a bit like Moby, but 
I know he looks like Moby, but try not to get let that bother you, okay? Everything's fine. And uh, I was like, don't worry, the other students are really sweet. You're in a nice class. Don't worry. Don't worry about making mistakes. I know you've studied grammar for many years and stuff. Just just speak. It's fine. And, you know, and he was like, oh, thank you. You know, and it was really good. And, you know, he came into life, he kind of came to life over that course. And it was mm. great to see him mm. come, you know, come into himself, whatever. Anyway, s- sort of five months later, I went away to Holland Park to teach other courses. Five months later, I came back and he was in a class again. I was covering for someone. I was teaching a class. He was in that class. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there he is, that lovely, sweet, shy guy that I was teaching before. And I was teaching the class, blah, 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 at break time. And I turned to him. And I was like, how are you? It's been ages. I haven't seen you for ages. And he was like, I think you became fat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's the first thing. You, that's, that's the, the first, first thing. thing. First thing he said to you. That's the first thing you've got to say to me after all this time, all the emotional been... way that we met each other. And that's the first thing you I say. I gave you 15 minutes of my time. <laughs> I know. And, and you, that's how you remain. You exactly. Throw the fat comment but back But I think me. probably for him, that's, that was quite a sincere sort of friendly thing to say. And that he, he wasn't being fake. He was being being really real and honest with genuine. me. Maybe he'd yeah. just genuine. been doing like, adjectives to describe people as well. He yeah. just wanted to show you just, what he'd learned. He just learned that word. Yeah. That's the only one he remembered. Yeah. And I was like, I, what, how do you say I haven't got fat? To be honest, I had put on a little bit of weight because I'd yeah. been eating lots of curry, you know, <laughs> as, you, as you do. As one does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, so it can be kind of odd. Yeah. All right. Uh, shall we stop? Shall, uh, I, I, well, I feel like we're near the end, but I wanted to get one more story from you, Andy. Which one was that? That was the Moby thing that you told me oh, earlier on. Okay, yeah. Do you mind? Do, would you mind telling us I that don't story? Mind tell- well, I think we need to give a bit of background to it first. Okay, that's so, fine. Um, the background is that Andy, despite his crater eyes, looks a little bit like Moby. <laughs> uh, we should probably... We should, <laughs> to be fair, we should probably try and explain how what the three of us look like. I mean, my listeners know what I look like if they've seen photos of me on the website or something, but just to be you know why don't do, why do we take it why don't i don't know why don't you describe me okay i will describe ben and ben will describe well they all know what you look like yeah but you can describe me anyway because okay. it could be interesting okay, from a, talk about well, ben, why don't you from, go first why don't you describe luke from a language point of view it could be interesting go on then so luke so you're probably about six foot tall are you yeah a little yeah, yeah around that six yeah. foot yeah six foot what's that in centimeters um i've got no idea i'm about 182 centimeters 182 centimeters yeah. okay yeah He's um, quite. Um, he's not fat. I wouldn't say he's not um, skinny. He's got a, a strong frame. Could we say strong frame? Yeah, it comes from rock climbing. Yeah, he's a rock climber. I don't used know if he's ever told you that in the podcast. Used to be. I don't do it anymore. He scales mountains. This man. He's like you know. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's got an athletic build. Um, he's got. How what kind of hair would you say he's got, Andy? Oh, uh, mousy, 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 mouse, mousy, mouse color. You know it's what? kind of like not brown. It's not blonde. Uh, it's brown actually. It's kind of that? light brown. Light, light brown. brown. But you know what? I've noticed recently that my hair is going increasingly ginger. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's it started to take on a ginger 
tint. Well, they say it. that if there's a if there's a ginger gene in you, it will win out in the end. It will get there in the end. It will get yeah. there. It's taken forty years, but it's it's pumping out now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's pumping out. It comes my, out in your beard. My, yeah, I, Luke's stroking his chin now because he's, he's suddenly aware. He's stroking he's got his chin, his ginger chin. Lots of ginger hairs my, in his chin. My chinny chin chin. Can you hear that, listeners? <laughs> That's my chin. So yeah, when I grow my beard out, then there's quite a lot of it's it's about thirty percent ginger. Okay. So I'm a ginger ninja. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a hidden ginger, you know. A ginger. A ginger, as they a say in, in the UK. We're, we're, we're very cruel about We gingers. are. We're very sort of, it's almost like racism, actually, isn't it? Ginger racism in yeah. the UK. We, we are very cruel about the, well, the gingers. It, it, in Australia, <laughs> they call them rangers. Rangers? Rangers. Short for orangutan. <laughs> short, a ranger is short for yeah, a ranger. Oh, Luke, he's a right ranger. Short for orangutan. Orangutan, yeah. It's so, that ginger monkey. Okay, which is so far we're not quite as, yeah, we're not So quite anyway, as right, I've got a slightly ginger beard, a slightly ginger tint to my hair, but I've got like light brown hair. Light okay. brown hair, which is sort of medium length. It's, it's looks like you've had it cut a little while ago. Yeah. Maybe going slightly thin on the top, or is that oh, am yeah, I imagining yeah. that? Oh yeah, it? no, no, it's going a bit thin. He's, yeah. he's going, he's going to be bald soon, basically. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know, but you know what, Ben? I've been get, my hair has been getting thin for the last fifteen years. Really? Okay, so, that, so there's no, you know. Slowly, very slowly. He's got a lot of hair. I'm, I'm not saying Luke. There's nothing bald. wrong with being bald. Is that, sorry, Andy. <laughs> Grass doesn't grow on a busy road. <laughs> I like it. Uh, okay. All right. Um, thanks. thanks. Yeah. I don't look, well, so I could say what you're wearing. He's dressed reasonably smart today. He's got a pair of jeans on, some uh, nice brown shoes. And uh, brogues, 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 yep. brogues yeah. brown brogues, brown, brown brogues. Brown. What I've noticed about Luke, in fact, you're both, you're both rocking the brogues today. Oh, yeah, yeah, we are actually. <laughs> what I've noticed about Luke, every time I see him, he seems to be wearing more and more navy. Have you noticed that navy blue, dark blue? Yeah, that's yeah. his thing now. No, that's true. I do wear a lot of dark navy blue. Yeah, I do as well, actually. Yeah. Maybe that's a teaching thing. Is I don't know. A, maybe it's a you're sign. You're a teacher. Of, you just wear blue. I think it's a sign of getting older, maybe. I'm maybe. Getting yeah, slightly more conservative. More, slightly more conservative as I get older. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. More rocking the navy blue. I haven't, I haven't graduated to black yet. I, 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 yeah. I don't, I'm not, I don't yeah. wear much black. It's a bit dark, isn't it? A bit too black. <laughs> you know? A bit, bit dark. A yeah. bit dark, isn't yeah. it? Really black. Um, navy blue. Yeah, because at least there's a bit of hope. <laughs> yeah. In that. It's not. It's not all Brexit. You know. It's not all Brexit and stuff like that. Anyway, let's not go. Let's move on. Let's yeah, move on from that. <laughs> okay, so that you described the way I look. Okay, yeah. fine. So now I have to explain what Andy looks like. Yep. Okay. So listeners, we mentioned Moby earlier on, and um, this is going to feed into Andy's story that he'll tell us in a minute. Um, so listeners, you know who Moby is, right? Uh, Moby was a sort of a dance music producer guy from the nineties. Um, how, how do you spell that, Lou? Is it M M O B Y M O B Y B Y Moby? He's still going, apparently. Still going. Still mobying. Still, still mo- mobying on. He was famous for two things. He was famous for his music, but he was also famous for his veganism. Was he a vegan? He was a vegan. Yeah, still is a vegan. Still I is. Well, I've, I once a vegan, or was a, a vegan. <laughs> we met a vegan today. We did meet a vegan yeah. today. We had dinner with a vegan. It was very awkward. I ordered a steak. <laughs> I, that's right. That's oh. right. We sat down for dinner after the conference today, and we we're all sitting around drinking wine and eating and stuff like that. And when, and Andy and Ben and I were like, "Let's we get a steak. Let's get a steak. We're in France. Let's have a steak." And we sat down. We ordered our steaks, and uh, Andy had this big bloody steak. And he was sitting next to a vegan, and he started. You were making conversation well, I with her. I jokingly said to her, "Well, I'll turn the plate round so the salad is closer to you." <laughs> 
and you know, I was kind of joking about it, but I didn't realize quite the depth of her feeling about it. And we started to after I finished my steak and had this big pool of blood on my plate, she started telling me about how the animal that I just eaten had suffered, and she was close to tears. It was it was it was oh. quite awkward actually. Oh dear. And, and what were, do you, I mean, what are you saying? You can't like, you can't take it back. You can't throw the steak back out onto the plate. You can't like, well, shall I, shall I stick my fingers down my throat? What shall I do? <laughs> I ordered a creme brulee and then I realised she couldn't eat that either because it was dairy. <laughs> it was very nice. It's, it can be hard to please a vegan in a French mm. restaurant. Yeah. It's not, it's not the greatest place to be a vegan in the French restaurant, to be no, fair. absolutely not. Anyway, any vegans out there listening, then we're sorry. We're sorry we're about sorry. Andy's steak and Ben's steak and, and my and steak. And for the animals. So, we were talking about Moby. He's a vegan, mm. all right? And he also makes music. And if, his most famous stuff was from the 90s. It's a kind yeah. of dance music kind of stuff. Right, so Moby. He's famous because he... Moby is sort of, I don't know, he's from America, right? Yeah, he's so. American. He's yeah. American, and uh, he's kind of known for being, uh, well, he's kind of bald, right? And, um, yep. and and talented musically. So Andy looks a bit like Moby, but sort of a more sort of British version. Yeah, with, with, with craters for eyes. With cra- with his eyes are very deeply <laughs> sunk into the back of his head. Into his head. <laughs> now, imagine a much more handsome version of, a uh, much more charming, debonair version of Moby. A lot more, a, mo- a lot more stylish. I think Moby's yeah. dress sense is not as good as Andy's. I like uh, the way think, Andy yeah, dresses. I think Moby tends to dress like a teenager, even though he's well into his 40s now. Moby wears a lot of T-shirts and a yeah. lot of slacks, you know, a lot of uh, loose-fitting sort of sweat, sweat uh, shirts yeah. and yeah. hoodies and things. Whereas Andy, in my experience, is a very, very well-dressed man. And and so he's wearing suede brogues on his feet. These are with, these with um, maroon laces. Maroon should, colored. Should we add you know. maroon colored laces? He's wearing some lovely blue socks with uh, light blue topping. Uh, he's wearing, um, I guess, Japanese denim. Uh, is this Uniqlo? I think it is Uniqlo. Yes, Japanese denim, very very stylish with the turn ups. He's, he's turned up the bottom of the jeans. It looks very good. Um, dark blue Japanese denim, and then a sort of a check, a light check shirt. Um, and he's got you know he's got some bracelets on his wrist. He's got like one of those Nike jogging bracelet things. He's mm-hmm. a very fit gentleman. He likes to go running. He's a marathon runner. Um, he's in prime physical condition, ladies, and. Um, <laughs> And then imagine Moby's head on top of this, <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the eyes very deeply sunk into the skull. Yeah, it, it all goes well until you get to the head and the face. No, it's a beautiful head. It's a be- and a beautiful face. Uh, <laughs> have I, is that too much? Maybe. Um, okay, so that's Andy Johnson. Um, uh, okay, so it's my, my turn, your turn to, to talk about Ben Butler. Well, well, well where do you start? Ben well, Butler. well, well. Imagine a middle-aged lady. <laughs> 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 no, Ben. I'm 22. Ben, uh, I don't know how to describe your hair, Ben. Ben's kind of got. It's not really long hair, but it's not short either. But as long as I've known Ben, which has been 13 years, he's had exactly the same haircut. <laughs> scruffy, no? Slightly scruffy. longer sometimes, slightly shorter. I suppose the person who he looks most like is. A guy called Richard Ashcroft from The Verve. <laughs> Definitely. If you if you Google Richard Ashcroft Verve, you'll you'll get a picture of him, and that is pretty much what Ben looks like. And in fact, I think that's your Facebook. I think profile that's picture. my Facebook profile picture. I've never ever ever changed it. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I like that. So Richard Ashcroft was a lead the lead singer of a band from the nineties called The Verve yeah. from Manchester. But you do look like you come from Manchester. Like you. Well, look- I studied in Manchester, so right. I. I 
there's, there's probably something he's rubbed off for me. You got something bit. about that sort of Manchester of swagger, sort of thing, you know, like you know that swagger. I mean? Yeah. Like um, uh, there's something about that Mancunian swagger that rubbed off on you when you studied there, because yeah. you could easily be the lead singer of a of a of a, an indie band from the '90s <laughs> that went into English teaching. I think that's what's happened. And like, even when you're doing a business English course, you'd like to, you know, you're trying to dress up smart somehow. But, uh, I just don't quite put it. You still look like you've just come off stage at Glastonbury. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you yeah, managed to yeah. do that. Ben and I were at a funeral, very sad. We were at a funeral a couple of weeks ago and he yeah. came in his suit and I still thought, man, he looks scruffy. <laughs> how has he managed to do that? It's yeah. a nice suit. But he just, I think it's not, it's not that you, you are scruffy. Well, no, you are scruffy. I'm a bit it's scruffy. Just that it's just I, how, I you, it's how you hold, it's, it's how you carry yourself, I think. You're just a very casual kind of guy. Yeah. I mean that in a good way. So Ben's wearing... Uh, black shoes they're like boots i think sort got, of cross between a sneaker and a boot yeah, yeah. they've got big tongues on them big laces yeah all right he's, he's opted for the blue jeans which ben always wears blue jeans regular fit regular fit regular fit I'm not, yeah. i don't do skinny i'm afraid right. of my jeans and he's wearing the slim fit jeans i'm wearing slim fit jeans as well yeah. and ben's gone for the regular fit. regular so which, 90s which looks baggy by today's standards it does yeah. <laughs> In the 90s, it worked. It That's really right. <laughs> Imagine the 90s, but not in the 90s. <laughs> okay. And uh, Ben's got like a quite a nice grey jumper on it. So it's got patterns on it, a little, a little bit like a fisherman's jumper. Yeah. It's very nice. Uh, and he's wearing, I think, uh, is it a polo shirt under there or is it a proper shirt? It's a proper shirt. No, it's a, it's, look, it's a false shirt. Look, it's a, a false fake shirt. shirt. Oh, my goodness. It's a T-shirt with a, with like a, a, with a, with a um, posh the, collar. It's built into the jumper. <laughs> so it's, like a, it's like a T-shirt with a posh collar. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like a shirt when I wear a jumper. But actually, if I take it off, it's, it's just a T-shirt. <laughs> See, that's oh, it, right? Wow. <laughs> I've seen everything now. It looks like it's smart, but actually it's still casual <laughs> underneath. You just, it's just casual to the core yeah. every you, time. Did you wear that to the funeral? No, 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 no. <laughs> so Ben, uh, I think Ben has, probably has loads of jumpers, but they're all like either black, navy blue or grey. Yeah, I don't, I don't do colours very well, yeah. to be honest. No. But he wears it well. Okay. <laughs> and he's got more hair than Luke and I combined. That's right. And he's always <laughs> had that lustrous hair. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Okay then. All right, so that, there, there you go, listeners. You've, you've had a full explanation of what we look like. Now then, Andy, what about this story about you and Moby? Oh, uh, so, uh, <laughs> so um, I've had, on a number of occasions, people make comments to me about how I look like Moby. So, for example, four years ago when I was in Paris, Luke and I were, ent- I think we were leaving a, a bar. Yeah. And there was a group of guys at the next table who all turned around and went, Etu Moby! Etu Moby! And, <laughs> and they started singing a Moby song. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, thanks. Yeah. Just keep mm-hmm. walking. Just keep walking. <laughs> and then, you know, I remember another time I was, I've been teaching this group of students for about 12 weeks and there was, there was a girl in there and I think she was, she was very pretty and I, I you know, I appreciated her. You were, and, yeah. um, and at the end of the course, uh, she came up to me and she says, oh, I, I, something i really want to tell you and you were like oh hello 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 she was like yeah I, i've i've been waiting for this moment and I was like, oh, like, i've been waiting for this moment too and i was like okay. yeah. and she went you look like moby <laughs> and you were like no <laughs> oh man so anyway so these things kind of happen every now and again but i've never 
genuinely been mistaken for Moby until about a month ago. And I was I was I was at Gatwick Airport. I was travelling somewhere for work, and I was I was in the departures terminal with um, a couple of colleagues, and this guy just kind of saw me, and he kind of runs across the departure lounge. Bound, his big, big guy bounding across, pushing other passengers out the way. <laughs> get out the way! I've got to get across the airport. And he comes up to me and he went, "Moby, <laughs> Moby!" And I, 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 I just, I, I didn't think he was talking to me. And he went, he got right in my face. He went, "Moby, I love your music, man." <laughs> and I was like, ah. And he went, "I love your music, man." And I, I looked at him. I said, "I'm not Moby." And he, he looked at me and he went, okay, I know you're just saying that, Moby, and I want you to know that I love your music. <laughs> he didn't want to believe that you he weren't Moby. He did not Moby. want to believe that I wasn't Moby. I didn't just run across this airport <laughs> departure lounge to be, to be told that you're not Moby. You're Moby, goddammit. I don't care if you're not Moby. You're Moby to me. And, uh, and then he, he kind of followed me. I went into, I went into a chemist because uh, I'd, I'd, I'd had like a stomach, pro- uh, stomach upset that week and mm. uh, he kind of was loitering at the, the door of the shop. Waiting for Moby. Waiting for Moby. I think he was going to ask for my autograph or something. And then I began to think, oh, God, what if everybody thinks I'm Moby? (laughs) (laughs) This could be really awkward. (laughs) Were you looking around like, oh, God, who thinks I'm I'm not Moby. I'm not not Moby. It's not me. Look at my passport. (laughs) And and I was buying, like, medicine that you have when you've got an upset stomach. And I thought, oh, God, what if it gets in the papers that (laughs) Moby's got got diarrhea? Breaking news. Moby has diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't it. (laughs) (laughs) Top story. Moby. Diarrhea panic. <laughs> Is he safe to travel on a plane? Will his next album be released early? <laughs> <laughs> released early. That's how it goes. Uh, uh, anyway, so fortunately, he kind of disappeared in the end, and I was able to go out. But it was it was quite a surreal experience because for someone to to actually <laughs> when you tell them that you're not the person they think you are, and they go, "No, I know you're lying. I know you're lying. You are him. You are him." It was very, very strange. You're Moby. No, I'm not. But you are, though, aren't you? No, I'm not. No, come on, don't you believe are. you are Moby. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Okay, I am Moby. I knew you were Moby. Yeah. And I just, you? I just wonder, you know, maybe he, you know, he got, got on his plane or wherever he was going and he said, oh, you'll never guess who I saw in the airport. I, I bet he told all his friends. Moby. Yeah. And he was such a humble guy. He pretended he wasn't Moby. Yeah. And the and thing is, my blind. colleagues thought it was hilarious. They didn't bother like jumping in and go, oh god, he's not Moby, leave him alone. They didn't say anything. They just acted like they were my entourage, like my <laughs> bodyguards or something. Don't mess with Moby. Yeah. yeah, he's Moby. Stand back, stand back. Yeah, we're, this is Moby. Not trying not to make a big deal out of it. It's just, move aside, please. Move aside. Moby coming through. Mr. Moby needs to go and buy some medicine for That's his right. tummy. What's Moby's? Is that his first name or his surname? Moby, it's a surname Dick, isn't it? Yeah, he's <laughs> but yeah. Moby Dick also. I feel like is I should a, defend a whale. Him. You really? I feel like I ought to defend him. I'm sure he's a. I'm sure he's a neat guy. You reckon? You think he's a really neat kind he's of a guy? Really neat a real stand-up guy. Yeah, yeah, he's certainly talented musically. Plenty um, of time for his fans. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'm glad I got the Moby story out of you there, um, <laughs> gentlemen. It's uh, it's now twenty five past midnight. Wow. And I've got to work in the morning. Oh dear. Yeah, so I think that uh, we're going to have to call the podcast to a close here. 
Um, thank you very much for appearing on this episode of Luke's English Podcast. Thank you. I think this is probably going to be divided into two episodes. Wow. Okay. Two yeah. for the price of one. Double the, dose. The Moby and episode Andy. and the non-Moby episode. That's right, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to call them, but I'll find something, some sort of descriptive <laughs> uh, name. Um, all right, then. So I'm, I'm not going to be there to see your talk tomorrow, Ben. I know. You're, you're going to miss a real delight, I must say. And I'm, I'm very disappointed that you're, you're not going to be in attendance. But yeah, next well, time. I'm sorry. I'll be there in spirit. Yes. All right, then. People okay. say that. What does that even I mean? I don't really know. I'll be there in spirit. I think that means that somehow... It just means I won't be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I won't be there. But, I'll be there yeah. in spirit, which means I'll be, I'll, I'll, I won't be there and I probably won't even be thinking about it. Yeah. But it, I think it just means that somehow their spirit will leave their body and then it's like, don't Go give me... Go and observe your talk. But don't give me that spiritual nonsense. Uh, just you're, either you're well, there you, or you're you not. Were, you were concerned about filling the place. It'll be full of ghosts. Well, I might have a load of spirits there. Spirits. <laughs> well, that might be good, you know. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll turn it into a seance. Just make sure they all sit in the same area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay then. All right, well, good luck for the talk. Thank you very much. And um, I'll see both of you tomorrow. Uh, and yeah. uh, have a great night's sleep in this fantastic futuristic hotel that you're staying in. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right then. So, cheers. Bye. Cheers, Luke. Bye. So, there you go. That was Andy Johnson and Ben Butler. And I have to say, it was a lot of fun to have Andy and Ben on the podcast and just to see them and sort of spend some time with them again. It was uh, really good fun. I hope you enjoyed it too. Um, I particularly enjoy Andy's anecdotes about the student who told him, the, the student who seemed so worried about his appearance. Oh, your eyes are very deeply sunk into your skull. Just such a bizarre experience. I don't know, maybe from the point of view of this student, you know, Andy probably does look a little different to how she or he, I can't remember. Andy probably does look a bit different to uh, how that student expects people to look, you know. I mean, if you've ever had an experience of like going abroad and coming into direct contact with people from a completely different culture, people who look and behave differently, then sometimes this kind of stuff happens. And the best thing to do is just to laugh about it, really, uh, rather than trying to worry about it and take it too seriously. And also, I just love the, the story about the guy who stopped Andy, convinced that he was Moby. You're, you're Moby! Just, I just love it. All right, anyway... Um, it was lots of fun having Andy and Ben back on the podcast um, and I hope you liked it too. Uh, don't forget that you can get 10% off all of the online courses run by the London School of English by going to londonschoolonline.com and using the offer code LUKE10 at checkout. And if that's not for you, then maybe you could you know, you could recommend that to someone else and they can use LUKE10 to get that discount as well if they want to. All right. Um, I don't know if you can hear the noise. Can you hear that? Let me open the window and you'll definitely hear it. You hear all of that? Oh, it's so noisy. To be honest, I've been trying to record this um, all morning. And every time I switch on the microphone, they start drilling and sawing and hammering and stuff. Basically, I don't know what's going on, but I think... Well, it, obviously, it's some people doing some work on one of the buildings, but um, it's right next door to my flat, and they're just making tons of noise, and they've been climbing around all over the roof of the building, 
just kind of climbing around. They don't seem to have any safety stuff. They, they, they don't have ropes to and, and things like that to, to keep them safe. They're just jumping around all over the, the rooftops. And we're on like, the sixth floor. If they just slip and fall, then, you know... Maybe, well, it would stop the noise. I know that much. But anyway, I thought I'd managed to do it. I thought I'd be able to get through the, the, the whole recording without them interrupting me. But no... There they go again, soaring. I don't know what they're doing. Are they kind of creating something? I don't know. It, it's, it's a bit like, I don't know if you ever saw that TV show from America that was on TV during the 80s and 90s called The A-Team. The A-Team. You must know it. The A-Team is about this kind of like group of uh, ex-military uh, guys from America who uh, were serving in Vietnam and they kind of, they go like what is it they go AWOL they go absent without leave they disappear from the the army and they go back to America and they become like this group of freedom fighter type guys they're basically they I don't know quite how you describe them but they're a gang of these guys who drive around in a black truck and they go around sort of solving crimes and saving people who are in trouble and um, they're constantly being chased by this military leader who wants to kind of enlist them back in the army again um, and uh, one of the things about the A-Team is that um, they, uh, at the end of every episode, they would be trapped in some situation. Like they'd end up getting trapped in a garage or trapped in a, in a car showroom or something uh, with all the bad guys outside. And then and they would, you know, you'd think, how are they going to get out of this situation? How are the A-Team going to escape from this? And then there's a montage and you hear lots of noise, lots of sort of hammering and sawing and drilling like this, all this stuff. You hear all that noise with music in the background and then suddenly they all pop out and there's they, they kind of pop out of the garage door and they've created a tank or something. They've kind of, you know, clack, hammer, hammer, drill and they just explode out of the building and they've created a tank and then they kind of basically kill everyone and leave. They kill everyone, but no one, you never see anyone die. There's never any blood. It's violence without consequence. That's the A-Team. You, you must know the A-Team. I bet it was on TV in your country, just with a different name. This is the, the way the A-Team used to begin. Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. Right? Does that make sense? It had George Peppard as Hannibal. Uh, and there was... What's, his, what's this guy's name? Dirk something? The sort of handsome guy was called Dirk Benedict. And his name was Face. Yeah, Dirk Benedict. There was some like sexy girl in there too who used to work with them. And then there was a uh, crazy guy who used to fly a helicopter. And his name was uh, Murdoch. Mad Dog Murdoch, played by Dwight Schultz. And then, of course, there was Mr. T... The big, sort of huge, muscly black dude, uh, Mr. T, who played the part of B.A. Baracus, who was scared of flying. You know, even though he was like this big tough guy, he was scared of flying. I ain't, I ain't flying, fool. I ain't going to go on no plane, Hannibal. You know, you must... All right. 
You're probably thinking, Luke, what are you talking about? Well, if you'd seen the show, you'd know what I'm talking about. Um, and um, anyway, as I said, at the end of the show, there's, they always end up getting trapped in some garage and they there's a, a montage of them building something with lots of noise, like like hammering and, and sawing and, and drilling. And then they just suddenly pop out with a, they've created their own like helicopter out of a refrigerator. You know, like they're stuck in a, in a sort of kitchen or something. And all they've got is a microwave, a few kitchen knives and a, and a fridge freezer. And they managed to turn that into some sort of like knife throwing sort of a bulletproof tank which they used to then save the day. Uh, that's obviously what's going on on the roof of the building next to me. I think it's just the A-team, and they're, they're going to like make a helicopter or something that's going to... I don't know. Maybe they're going to create some sort of suction uh, machine that will suck all of the pollution out of the air in, in Paris, or something like that. I don't know. All right, this is a slightly ridiculous end to the episode, but uh, that's nothing new, is it? Oh, no, no, it's not. Thank you very much for listening all the way to the end of this episode, and I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.